Last week, San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick ignited a media firestorm when he sat on the team's bench during the singing of the national anthem. When questioned about his decision to remain seated, Kaepernick answered in part that he would not stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. In spite of the backlash he received, Kaepernick continued his protest, this time taking a knee in the 49ers game against the San Diego Chargers last Thursday. Kaepernick's actions have been met with both criticism and support. Many have condemned his refusal to stand, calling his behavior inappropriate, unbecoming of a professional athlete. Some have even said that his behavior is un-American or unpatriotic. Others have praised Kaepernick for what they believe is a fitting protest to the injustices faced by many in our nation. And still there are those who believe that racial injustice and police brutality are important issues, but who disagree with Kaepernick's protests. My guess is that there are different opinions even in this room. But regardless of what any of us think about Kaepernick's methods, it's important that we not lose sight of his message. Racism and police brutality do continue to plague our nation. These issues do disproportionately affect poor communities and people of color. We must acknowledge that in this land of the free and home of the brave, there are people for whom freedom is little more than an elusive notion. People such as the residents of the West Calumet Housing Complex in East Chicago, Indiana, my birthplace. These residents lived on toxic land for 40 years. Generations of families have been affected by high levels of lead. Lead poisoning can lead to developmental and cognitive delays. It can lead to a lack of impulse control, perhaps even blocking one's ability to forego acts of violence or crime. And we learned recently that for at least 10 of the last 40 years, officials sat silently by while children, in what should have been the freest days of their lives, frolicked on land that could literally kill them. Or where's the freedom of our nation's native people, who after a long history of broken treaties and promises, still have to fight so that their sacred sites will remain undisturbed. People who just this weekend had to fight off dogs and pepper spray simply because they asserted their right to uncompromised drinking water. There are people for whom minor offenses or no offenses at all had to pay for their freedom with their lives in our nation. People such as Tamir Rice, Tanisha Anderson, Rakia Boyd, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, Akai Gurley, Sandra Bland, Freddie Gray, Jessica Nelson Williams, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, just to name a few. Kaepernick's message is a timely reminder that there is more work to be done so that we may be the nation we aspire to be, so that we may say in all honesty that we are a land of the free.
In today's reading from Jeremiah, we encounter another community that is struggling to live into its promise. In the 18th chapter of the book of Jeremiah, God compares the nation of Israel to a community who is like spoiled clay. The chapter begins with with God instructing Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house where Jeremiah will hear God's word. And as Jeremiah is there watching the earthly potter at his wheel, Jeremiah hears the voice of the heavenly potter. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done? Just like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. The Israelites are indeed in God's hands. God had declared earlier in the book that he could destroy the house of Israel, but God left room for grace. God says in this reading that at one moment he might declare his plan to destroy a nation, but if that nation turns from its evil ways, then God will change God's mind. In other words, the nation of Israel still have time to heed Jeremiah's warnings. They still have the opportunity to commit to the Lord and to stop worshiping other gods. And if they do, God promises to withhold disaster from them. Despite their past faults or any prior disobedience, if this community returns to God and remained true, God would forgive them and reshape their future. The same is true for us today. God is the potter. We are God's clay. God has the power to reshape us and make us into pristine pots that we were designed to be. But our outcome is largely determined by our own willingness to turn away from our brokenness. God gave Israel a choice, and God gives us a choice. For the Israelites, their choice was to turn away from the idols that they were worshiping. And we, too, are at a turning point. Something is happening in our nation. We seem to be in the midst of a shift that's almost palpable. Out of fear, many of us are turning to idols that we think will sustain us. Racism, materialism, classism, extreme nationalism, just to name a few. But these idols will only lead to our destruction. If we want to be molded into the pots that God intended us to be, then we must turn away from these idols. We must turn away from our brokenness. Right now, God has us on his wheel. But if we want to be reshaped into something beautiful on the potter's W-H-E-E-L, then first we have to make sure that we're in the potter's W-I-L-L. Being in the will of God means that we live and act in love, not from a place of hate or fear. God wants good things for us. God says later in the book of Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
God wants to be good to us, to bless us, to reshape us. And God is able to do that. I like the way the Message Bible says it. I can work on you. God can work on us collectively and individually. But we must do our part. God says, turn now from your evil way and amend your ways and your doings. In the reading that we heard from Philemon, Paul encouraged his friend Philemon to set free his slave Onesimus. For us, amending might mean setting free any ideas or practices that keep us separated from God. In our nation, amending our ways means acknowledging our difficult past and working to create a better future. It means that we not prioritize our ideals of patriotism over the people that make up this country. It means valuing our flag to the extent that it represents actual freedom for everyone. Whatever it is that we need to amend, be it things we do together or things we do in our own, it's time to get busy so that God can begin to reshape these lumps of spoiled clay. Now, reshaping isn't instant. If anyone has ever taken a pottery class, you know that forming a pot is a process. First, the potter starts by packing the clay tightly. Then the potter adds water to the clay to make it malleable. The potter then begins to spin the clay on the wheel, round and around. As the clay is spinning, the potter presses on the clay from the top. And when the clay is close enough to the wheel, the potter begins to add pressure from the sides. And depending on the type of pot that the potter is creating, the potter begins to dig a hole in the center of the clay. The potter uses his or her hands to create a hole that is just the right size for this container. And after the potter sinks the hole into the clay, the potter begins to stretch the clay upward to just the right height. And once the clay is the correct height, the potter takes a sharp object and begins to chisel and trim pieces that need trimming. Once those trimmings have been done, the potter inspects the pot to make sure that it is smooth where it needs to be smooth and ridged where it needs to be ridged. And if by chance the clay spoils in the potter's hands, the potter is able to shape a new vessel. Now, if an earthly potter can do those things, just imagine what God can do with us. Our God reached into the dirt and formed us from the dust, breathed life into us, and prepared us for a glorious future. And now God is ready to throw us, but not throw us away as humans may do. When a potter throws clay, that means that the potter is shaping the clay. There's someone here today that God may be throwing, not casting you aside, but reshaping your heart, molding you, smoothing out your lumps and bumps, 
getting you ready for the work that you are called to do. So when you feel the water coming into your life, know that the potter is softening you up for your shape. And when you feel the pressure coming in from all sides, realize that the potter is pressing in on you, preparing you to be a sturdy vessel. When you feel your inside being hollowed out, know that the potter is removing people and things and ideas that you no longer need. When you feel yourself being stretched and pulled, remember that the potter is creating you and knows just how tall you need to stand. And when you feel dizzy because life is going around and around in circles, Remember that the potter is keeping you on the wheel just a little while longer. So no matter how hard it gets, no matter how long it takes, stay in the potter's hands. There's an old song that we would sing that says, Have your own way, Lord. Have your own way. You are the potter. We are the clay. Mold us and make us after your will while we are waiting, yielded and still.